Hashtag TNC Now. The views, opinions, and insights expressed in the following shows are those of the host, producers, guests, and viewers. They do not necessarily reflect the position of the channel. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to the new channel, Our Passion Transforms, a community channel that sees all things new. My name is Jennifer Nuya, live streaming from Cavita, Philippines, and you're watching Stories from the Fringe, Season 2, Episode Have an amazing episode today and we'll get to that in just a moment and before we get started please let us know that um, you can hear us well by typing into the comment section where in the world you are joining us from today and what you are most excited about learning through discussion we will also be using the same comment section throughout the session so anything that you want to share with us questions comments just pop them in the comment section we will also be dropping links that you can click on or copy for later use for those who are tuning in for the first time stories from the fringe aims to um, promote more diversity equity inclusion and belonging in all aspects of our lives we are committed to creating a world where individual differences like gender class ability and um, more are not only seen and understood but also celebrated and empowered we believe that we can all be a part of this collective vision in order to make the most of our time together we encourage you to turn off all distractions and prepare to take notes mental win and just be fully engaged with our guest today Heidi Kopari. So everyone let's welcome Heidi. Hi everyone I'm so excited to be on Stories from the Fringe. This is such a wonderful network. I'm so grateful. And we are thrilled to have you on the show, Heidi. Thank you so much for making time out of your busy schedule to join to join us today. I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> All right, so Heidi, can you please provide our viewers a brief background about yourself and the work that you do? So my name again is Heidi Kupari. I live in Boulder, Colorado in the USA. And uh, so it is evening for me. 
I love sunshine and joy and the creative spirit of everyone. And I've kind of been that way since I've been a child. I have two children mm -hmm. myself, Summer and Cody. Uh, they are uh, 14 and 17 years old. And they have inspired me uh, to do what I'm doing. And many children in the world and what I've seen that young people can do have inspired me. And mm -hmm. reeling back into my professional history, uh, well, I grew up in New Jersey, uh, the child of two immigrants. Uh, my mother was born in Germany. My father was born in Italy. So I grew up in a very close-knit family in mm -hmm. New Jersey, making our own sauce, our own tomato sauce, our own uh, everything homemade. And um, it, was a, it was a really nice time. And then I was lucky enough to um, go to a university that really opened my mind, mm -hmm. um, Brown University, uh, which is uh, really a liberal, very progressive type of education where you can almost design your own education. And uh, that really opened my eyes. Uh, and so through my uh, professional career, I was in New York City in the advertising industry, the art industry, uh, then in uh, some venture capital and dot com and got my what I call street level MBA uh, uh, in through men being mentored and working mm -hmm. my way and applying the knowledge I was gaining and having a lot of mentors to guide me. And I love to learn everything while doing. Uh, mm -hmm. I, uh, I, it really is so much more fun. Wouldn't you agree? If you're playing and you're experimenting, uh, instead of just reading a book, I found that to be a much more uh, engaging way to learn. And so that really stuck with me. And I had a mentor who really, many mentors who mm -hmm. opened the doors for me and had me see things about myself. And, mm -hmm. um, and so throughout my life, I found myself working in the field after I'd got the street level MBA in my 20s. I discovered the field of impact investing and social entrepreneurship. And now it's about 18 years I've been involved in that field. Even before there wasn't even a term impact investing, actually, when I joined in 2004. Mm -hmm. And it really was about leveraging entrepreneurship, finance and technology for positive social good. But and but looking for a, a sustainable revenue flow or mm -hmm. even finding a profit while doing good. And that really stuck with me because I had seen a lot of philanthropic models try and fail uh, mm -hmm. because they didn't they constantly have to go back to donors. And it's very hard to always be raising money and not doing the work you're actually raising the money to do mm -hmm. as much. And then the reporting requirements are so crippling for a lot of nonprofits. And I was seeking a different way, a different way to fund impact, a different way to fund global systemic change. And so I sought, I set out on an adventure to really understand how every type of money, every type of asset class, uh, mm -hmm. whether it's, uh, you know, public equities, uh, you know, debt, whether it's alternative securities, all different types of financial instruments that people use to invest, how can we leverage those tools for social change and give people a profit? So I went really deep into the investment world and I went to UBS uh, Wealth 
management, uh, which uh, the headquarters in Switzerland, one of the top private wealth banks in the world. And I joined a team focusing on impact investing and sustainable, uh, sustainable change. And uh, we were managing part portfolios of large foundations, corporate foundations, family foundations, all mm -hmm. that wanted to move their money and leverage for social impact. So I was designing portfolios, but I saw something missing and that's where the fun comes in. Uh, in the traditional financial markets, even those that were very progressive, like UBS was actually, is one of the leading top wire houses, they call them, uh, in sustainable investments. It's growing faster than any other type of investment, actually. So that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And there's still such a large firm that they were not able to invest enough in the most innovative fringe ideas, right? Because mm -hmm. in the traditional capital markets, there's so much due diligence. There's so much that's required for one single idea to actually mm -hmm. make it is such against the odds. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking at just profit, it's a totally different set of metrics than if you're mm -hmm. looking at this idea needs to be in the world, mm -hmm. right? It's not about does the CEO have a pedigree in financial projections or it's a, it could be a 10 year old kid that has an idea that actually could change the world, but our financial models and funding models are broken or not broken. I would say just not positioned to mm -hmm. actually fund some of these early stage ideas without, without worrying about the return right away, because yeah. some of the early ideas you can see that could have a great return if it had the right team around it. And so what, what I've seen is if we fund the best ideas earlier with mm -hmm. more creative financing tools and allow more people to invest so it's more diverse, right? At UBS, it was only accredited investors. Mm -hmm. And then we were, I was only able to work with ultra high, uh, high net worth and ultra high net worth investors. I wanted to work with smaller investors, but my team had a limit. So I, my ethos my who i am is more about the people giving people empowerment everyone everywhere i want to be able to make their dream come true and make money doing it and this is i have scoured the the globe and all different types of of vehicles funding vehicles to find something that incentivizes collaboration mm -hmm. and unleashes the creative spirit of humanity to design a better world and so what I'm doing now is, is, is working with youth. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they have the best ideas, the most creative imaginations. Um, mm -hmm. They can try and fail in video games uh, and in lots of different ways um, without consequence in the real world. Is, these are the perfect recipe. This is the perfect recipe for innovation. And uh, they're not stuck in the system just yet fully, um, and they can see they can see outside the box. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So your impact investing journey has led you now to create the Island Seventeen Metaverse DAO. Can you please um, share with us 
what you and the team are doing with Alan 17. Wonderful. Yeah, so what we started doing about eight years ago, we started, ex I started experimenting as I was doing my financial consulting uh, on the side with this incubator and think tank called Dream Tank is a nonprofit. And this, we did all kinds of accelerator programs for young people age seven through 28. Uh, and we, we found all these different ways that really worked and what didn't work to really motivate and inspire young people and come up with ideas. And before I, I share about Island 17 is we've proved, we proved the concept that this mm -hmm. is going to work. We believe this can work because we've seen young people come up with ideas that have changed three laws in the state of Colorado, um, patent pending innovations that can regenerate the coral reefs. And this is on a small scale. Um, we have done virtual and global hackathons during COVID. And what we learned was the best way to unleash all of the learning we, we learned. We had in real life programs, online programs, Zoom, all different types of platforms. And we listen to youth. That is the thing that we do best. We listen to what is going on. What is their world like? What are they feeling? What are they thinking? And what we've learned is they don't want to listen to the adults who've messed up the world in their view. I'll just say it. Mm -hmm. they, so all of the programs that we did still relied on, you know, mentorship and, and a lot of help. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but what we learn now is we need to have them choose every single step of the way if they want to move forward based on their own creative in, internal drive and extrinsic drive will be rewarded also for, mm -hmm. for learning and going on missions. So we decided to ask the youth what they thought about if we put all of that learning and all those programs into a game and mm -hmm. they can just decide what they wanna do and be totally self-guided. Uh, and there'd be mentors along the way that they could access, but they were not hovering. Mm -hmm. And that was a unanimous yes from a whole big global polling of young people. And so Island 17 is a metaverse that's going to be designed by youth, for youth and the young at heart, those of us who want to support them, where they can access, they can play games that solve problems, they can create innovations and get funding, they can collaborate with kids around the world, and they learn, they get badges, they get future of work badges, they're basically prepared to work in almost any kind of organization that wants to embrace Web3. Um, mm -hmm. So getting few uh, training, scholarship opportunities and more, and we get their brilliant ideas and they get to be heard. And it really builds their confidence and elevates everyone's hope um, right now, which is uh, really what we're focusing on now is finding the right partners and uh, to build, uh, to build this, this big metaverse together. That's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. This is a metaverse for the children and by the children. Yes. 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 So they're going to get to, through a series of hackathons, uh, and global summits online and in person, there'll be a toolkit. So you can run one of these. Uh, right now, we're raising the funds to launch our next big summit, which I'll talk about later. 
uh, but we're doing something in just in less than a month uh, so that young people can go back to school with hope. And we mm -hmm. really are excited that TNC and the stories from the fringe are willing to promote the message of hope with us mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now my question is: This did did this idea of the Alan Seventeen Metaverse come from you, or was it inspired by a child, like you mentioned earlier during your in, impact investing journey, that you were, um, I don't know what's the better term, like you were saddened because there are there's this ten year old child who has this bright idea, but he cannot or she cannot get investors funders to believe in the idea yes yes so how it came about and then how it works with with them accessing the skills and mentors and funding uh are two different things so how it came about was um it's a series of events just like any story any human journey any hero's journey uh it's a series of events that happen that kind of give you a breadcrumb and fall into mm -hmm. place that's something this is something you have to do and if you don't listen to it the message comes over and over in many different ways and so i'd say that it was mostly inspired um by my own children and specifically my son for the game part my daughter mm -hmm. um inspires different elements of the game and she was more of the offline entrepreneur so dream tank was a big inspiration from her because she ended up uh, starting four different companies and doing online everything too that's so wonderful yeah so uh so well and how old is she she's 17. four to five companies at 17 years yeah. old well, she started when she was eight wow yeah <laughs> mind-blowing when she was eight i mean this came literally from the stories i'll share the stories because that's the fun part i just i don't like hearing myself talk about myself i'd rather hear about the kids stories anytime so when my daughter summer was eight um she came to me and said first there are two things um one she said mom why uh, she had been learning about currency in school and she noticed that on the paper money in the United States, it was all men, uh, pictures of men. And she said, why are there only men on our boys? She said boys because she was eight. Oh, that's money. a thought-provoking question. Yeah. I know. And I said, that's a really good question. And she said, I, and I didn't want to go into the whole, you know, thing right that in there. It's just like wanted to hear more what she was thinking. And she said, well, I think that aren't girls more than half the planet. And I uh -huh. said, yes. And she goes, well, what's going on here, mom? You mm -hmm. know, uh, and and so I don't understand why I noticed that most of the president, all the presidents have been boys. All most of the mayors and governors at the time we had mm -hmm. way less females uh in the u.s uh most of them are male what what's going on why aren't women leading more and yeah. i said well summer uh i am working on that and i could tell tell you about that through the course of your life but let's just start mm -hmm. with you can be part of the solution and the more yeah. you lead with your passion and your interest and your purpose and you do things without worrying if you it, it, for permission in terms of your creativity 
um, you know, not expecting any less from yourself than anyone else or an, a male and don't let what you see in society, you know, yeah. shackle you. And she mm -hmm. said, all right. And then later that year, she came to me and said, I want to start a business. And uh, I said, what is your business? She wants to start a potion business. And I said, okay, what kind of potions do you want to make? She said, well, there's lots of, there's the boys that are really not nice and kids that are not nice. So we're going to make a nice potion. And we have a, my little brother is hyper. So I'm going to make a calming down potion and I'm going to make a getaway bullies potion. Okay. So, so I said, well, if you want me to help, do you want me to help you? She said, yeah. I said, well, I can be your investor, but I only invest in companies that give back to community, to society, mm. you know, and because I think social entrepreneurship is the business of the future. And mm -hmm. if every business gave back and so how can you build, you know, giving back? She said, well, I'll make sure, you know, I put in there special things they can do to feel better. And also I'll, I'll donate a percent of profits to this nonprofit outdoor classroom that actually her and her brother had helped start prior to this. Uh, mm -hmm. So, so, so that's which, so then we, uh, she launched her business and, um, one day she calls me and said, mom, the whole fourth grade found out about my business. I have 40 orders. Wow. Uh, and, and it was, and it, they were like $4 each, the, the, the potions. And she said, I said, she was very calm though. I said, how are we going to make all those? <laughs> and she said, oh, no problem. I have employees. I was like, you have employees? She said, well, a lot of people wanted to help. So I said, if I gave them the formula and I said, if they each make four, then, then we can get it done. And then I'll give them some free potions to pay them. And I just, I'm like eight year old, just figured out open sourcing. Yeah. Me, you know, I, I just, I was just blown away. I was just blown away. And then my son doing similar things, uh, asking brilliant questions. Uh, I would go, on some of my trips, I was working for um, uh, IDE, International Development Enterprises, before I went to UBS, which was a social enterprise uh, that mm. helped uh, rural poor families in the developing world that people made a dollar a day and less increase their income through um, training and access to irrigation and um, and learning how to be investors of their own life and double and tripling their income in one year. And so I would tell them about all the travels when I would go. I went to Cambodia, Bangladesh, uh, Zambia, uh, and um, we went to see a lot of um, meet with the people that we partner with. They're not, we do not talk, we did not talk to people like recipients of charity, like beneficiaries. We talked mm -hmm. to people like partners and, mm -hmm. and investors of their own lives. And that really stuck with me in terms of empowering anyone, anywhere to be an investor of their own life. Um, so I would tell my kids these stories and they would ask all these questions and they'd come mm -hmm. up with these incredible ideas that I wasn't hearing at any of these major summits and, you know, family office summits and innovators everywhere and with adults. My kids were saying unique things. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so this really had me listen. And um, I that's when I started Dream Tank. And then during Dream Tank, we asked the kids, what are you passionate about? 
and then use what you're passionate about to address one of these sustainable development goals. And then we help them with a business model. So there was a component of young kids that were choosing gaming uh, pretty regularly, Minecraft gaming as their passion. And they were coming up with amazing ideas using games to solve the sustainable development goals. So we hosted um, a test hackathon to, uh, in the beginning to see the viability of this. And at the same time, I saw a video by one of our advisors now, because I met him after I saw his TED talk, Yukai Chow, mm. uh, who yes. did a TED talk, we can drop in here, gamification to improve our world. And mm. he talks about the psychology of gaming and how the mindset of gamers is absolutely perfect to solve the world's problems. And so, and the example he gives is that the medical community was struggling with a problem for 15 years. All these trained scientists and physicians could not solve this problem around an AIDS protein. And they decided to upload the data set into a game. And a gamer with no medical background solved it in 10 days. Wow. Simply, wow. So there was a convergence of the kids choosing gaming, the kids' brilliant ideas in entrepreneurship, this case that I heard, and that exploded in my brain. And I filed a patent um, three years ago on this idea, for almost four years. Uh, it's, uh, um, and um, But mostly it was patented to protect the community and the kids' ideas because every person who's ever helped is going mm -hmm. to get some reward and tokens in this game. Uh, mm -hmm. So the kids who've been in all the hackathons are going to be circled back to, and when we launch this and invite them to come build it further or just give them tokens for what they've done. Uh, mm -hmm. But this is really, it's a massive collective impact exercise and experiment, but mm -hmm. I think it has more than experiment. I think we've have beyond the proof of concept and mm -hmm. we are now ready to build it and expand because we already have a handful of games that can fit mm -hmm. into the metaverse that address the sustainable development goals. Mm -hmm. All right. Wonderful, wonderful, Heidi. Thank you for sharing all this. Um, we'll listen more to Heidi and her work in Island um, 17 Metaverse DAO when we come back after a short break.
is a live stream platform of online shows for people on the go. Please watch all our shows as seen on the screen. Imagine having your own show, your own playlist, your own content, but we make it easier for you. TNZ aims to transform the lives of our viewers through engaging authentic and original content. Our vision is to become a global 24-7 live stream channel that showcases Filipino talent, global influencers, cultural intelligence, and ingenuity. Thank you so much for supporting Stories from the Fringe, live streamed every Thursday, 10.30 a.m. Philippine Standard Time. You can watch us live or on replay via Facebook or YouTube. Follow us on IG. Listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search hashtag TNT now. For sponsorships, please email now at thenewchannel.com or send us a DM. Enjoy these life-changing shows because we made them just for you. Before we went on a break, we were speaking with Heidi Kopari. Heidi Kopari is a metal leader in the sustainable financing, impact invest investing, youth entrepreneurship, and women's leadership realms. She is the founder and executive director of... Dream Tank and the Island 17 Metaverse DAO, partner at Copari Mondo Bello Piazza d'Arte, a public speaker, mentor, and impact investing advisor at Heidi Copari LLC, and a council member at the Digital Economist. Her primary career objective is to be socially responsible. Um, help socially responsible um, companies and nonprofits to political com campaigns. She act, uh, activates and supports maximizing the global impact of Gen Z, millennials, and women through strategic collaboration and collective paradigm alignment. So earlier we, we, we were speaking about the Island 17 impact investing, about Heidi's journey and how the island 17 metaverse came to be so let's call heidi in again hello <laughs> hi heidi all right so i'm happy that um i'm just simply i'm simply amazed and mind blown by by your by your children and i can't help but that you have amazing children because you are an amazing mother they couldn't have been you know they couldn't have had this entrepreneurial mindset without you encouraging them right okay because i'll own that i guess i'll own it <laughs> we are hopefully embracing that because the mothers are the first teachers of the children right and i like it when they ask you these questions like out of the blue and then you you don't dismiss them instead you encourage them exploring and you encourage them to think outside of the box i believe that that's something that parents can learn from you that is to just nurture that inquisitiveness in children right yes yes it's really it, it's more fun honestly to be a parent too if you kind of enroll your kids as part of your problem solving team i mean nobody anywhere in the world is doesn't have problems in their family and doesn't have problems in their life especially now right so when you enroll your kids in being problem solvers 
it's it sparks a different part of their brain it, it they just wait a second you think i have good ideas you think you know, wait i awesome and something happens you can see it they just like click and then they become like oh, not a different person but another version of themselves that is astounding to see as uh -huh. a parent and you'll you'll have so much more joy as a parent seeing your child blossom in that way um and when you need them to do something if you ask them how they would do it or mm -hmm. what are the options you know if, if they don't like how you suggest to do something say well how would you do it if you were me maybe you're maybe you know you know so the 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 cup the key is not just asking them but also having the vulnerability and humility to be human in front of your children um so when you we we tend to try many 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 parents tend to uh try to look all buttoned up and have it all together for their mm -hmm. kids right and to some extent we need to establish some authority yes we have they still have to listen to us we still you know have to find you know we still have to make decisions for them sometimes they're not going to like and the way we help them come to the get to the realization that something's not a good idea can be self self aware can be self generated by asking questions rather than telling them what to do and I'm not perfect at that. I have, everybody has yelled, yelled and, you know, lost it at times, you know, and then just, just do it. You know, um, sometimes I feel like I created the, you know, I, I don't want to use the word created a monster, but you know, the whole word, it's like, um, you know, give them a hand. Now they question me on everything, but I love it because they're, they're questioning things. They think about everything that I'm asking them to do and they want to know why. And mm -hmm. that sometimes is annoying. <laughs> and, and for the most part, it's incredible because we have intellectual conversations. We, I let them make choices and they feel empowered and that's translated to their confidence and success in the real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that reminds me of some sometimes when my daughter, you here in the Philippines we also have K-12. Because we were trying, the government was trying to make our educational system competitive as compared to other countries. And I was there were times like my daughter, I have let her become, you know, independent, make her answer her coursework on her own and then sometimes she just asked me um for some guidance and at grade seven they were already taking the statistics imagine that at grade wow. seven yes and i was thinking what you already have stats at grade seven but we took that in college yes <laughs> and what would happen what would be next calculus at grade eight or grade nine and of course for the life of me i'm not really a math whiz so um if there is anything that i don't know i i just say to her i don't know but we can always research together and i think that's that's the beauty of it 
as you have said, to be vul vulnerable, to be human, to um, not pretend that you know everything because no one person knows no one everything. Does. Yeah. And, and when anybody who feels valued for that they can teach you something, that creates a whole new relationship. Yeah, that's very true. And I believe that's the one reason why we really need to talk to children so that they know that we value them as another human being separate from us, right? So again, as you have said, we still make some decisions for them because they are still minors. But for the small decisions, they can already call the shots. Now, um, on another note, I would like to um, I would like to talk about something. So, metaverse is a digital world, right? Yeah. So, how do we balance children? Because there has been a problem during the pandemic, right? Children were not allowed to go out. I don't know about the U.S., but here in the Philippines, we had like a two-year lockdown. At least in, in, in the major cities where we were not allowed to go out unless for some um, necessary things that we need to go uh, to go to or to do. So children, they took online classes and they didn't have face. Of course, they didn't have face to face meetings with their with the with the other children and they missed that socialization. So what they did was to immerse themselves in the digital world. Yes. But now there are now problems arising from that because they have become accustomed to the digital digital world that we need now to take them off from screen. So how do oh, we I agree? I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is a problem. And you know, we all I think all of us had formed new patterns. Um, and, and it's, um, it takes, it's hard to break a pattern, right? So just psychologically for all of us, um, we all have been on screens more. I know a lot of people who were, you know, dragging themselves off Netflix, trying to get out, trying to get out again after, but they just mm -hmm. forgot even who to call and what to do. And it just, um, and we were, we were locked down, but not as severely as what mm -hmm. you said, but we things most public things were closed, but we were allowed to go places with masks in mm -hmm. grocery stores and stuff. But it was very no school, like all, you know, gyms, everything was was shut down. So we couldn't go any gathering place just yeah, just to go around. But um, and the kids were on, you know, online. So, you know, most the first thing I like to say to myself and to other parents and to kids is. We just got to cut them a little break, a little break. Uh, and not one of the things that I think had them almost stay online <laughs> and not really want to come back into the real world mm -hmm. is the fact that there's schools, society, everyone just kept going back to business as usual. Mm -hmm. Like nothing just happened. Like the whole world didn't just change and still trying to teach them the old things. And with no new, no, nothing new after the biggest thing that had ever happened to them that mm -hmm. had shifted so much um, and not just them, but the whole world. Right. And so that was one thing. That, and not just that they got piled work, got piled on. And this 
this mantra, this kind of eat, uh, you know, uh, words that a lot of the, you know, people were using in mm -hmm. to the young people was you're behind, right? You're behind, mm -hmm. you're behind, you're behind. And they just kept pummeling them. And so it's like, wait a second, can we make it good for them to come offline maybe? Because mm -hmm. that is what they're, they're going back because it's like, wait a second, this is not fun. Um, mm -hmm. nobody, the world is getting scarier and mm -hmm. the leaders are still fighting. People are more divided. I'm going back where it feels safe. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that is a challenge. You know, I mm -hmm. have solutions. I'm just sharing the challenge and how you can connect with your young one or anyone in your life who is stuck on screens by having a real conversation and asking them what it does for them. Don't make them wrong. Ask them, what does it do for you? Mm -hmm. You know, and what is, what is it, you know, why, what can I do to help, you know, help you, right? Mm -hmm. To get off, but really that's what we're helping with. Uh, but so that's a really important point, right? And, and, the, and saying, we want to, I want to help you find awesome things to do online that are mm -hmm. more productive, that actually benefit society and take you back into the real world because what you learn and what you create online can make the real world better. And you've got to have to go in the real world and see the impact of your work and give mm -hmm. verification that you're going in the real world and verifying your ideas work with cu customers with, uh, for example, you know, there's an ocean cleanup game that some kids are designing and they want kids around the world to play this ocean cleanup game. And then they want to have local, they, they want to figure out how to make it so that they can physically clean up trash everywhere around the world together. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. a great one, you know, and, and I know in the Philippines, that's going to be an exciting one because I know that's a big challenge with the trash on the ocean. On, yeah. On the is, right. So when we have this youth, we're having a youth summit and a hackathon. So kids from the Philippines and others, they could come and work on how can we make this ocean cleanup game in the metaverse translate to really cleaning the oceans in the real world. So their design challenges are actually to bring them back. And we, we're, we have lots of incentives to bring them back. They get to do something they're passionate about. They get to do it with their friends. They get to get paid to learn. They get paid. They could raise money for their own idea. They get rewarded internally and externally. And that is, we are piling on the rewards uh, so that they can really get the feeling of their ideas are welcome and going to be supported. And through this game, they can actually make their dreams come true. That's simply brilliant, Heidi. And that's how your metaverse is different from those games. Whereas those games is you just immerse yourself in the game. And then after that, when you go offline, that's it. But in the Island 17, there is processing, right? So whatever learnings that you get in the Island 17 metaverse now, you process it and that, and you extend your learning. There's a call to action to translate yeah. those learnings in the real world. And that's simply beautiful. And there's reflection points in the game. Um, we uh, will prompt the young people to go offline and go do something, scavenger hunt in the real world, come back, but also reflection points where they have to 
kind of tune in and take some deep breaths and, mm -hmm. and get become learning about some mindfulness tips as well. So it's health and well being, as well mm -hmm. as just an action platform. Mm -hmm. All right. So this dream tank, which became the Island 17 metaverse DAO. So what's next? What's next is now you're, you know, if you're wondering, well, where is this? So how can I start playing it? Uh, and what do I do with my kid in the meantime? <laughs> uh, meanwhile, of course, try to regulate it if there are there is gaming addiction so i'm not an expert with gaming addiction although my son was addicted and i got him help and i got and his passion for gaming actually helped build island 17 in a much more balanced way so my son and i are a living example that you can do this with your child mm -hmm. um, so what's next is we are calling for youth around the world um, wherever you are if you'd like to join we are doing a youth summit and hackathon mm -hmm. uh, August 17th through 20th. We partnered with uh, the uh, Health and Wellness Network uh, of Commerce, and it's a global platform to elevate health and well-being and, uh, and abundance uh, for people, creators, entrepreneurs, and other folks trying to make the world better and make uh, find uh, economic empowerment and mm -hmm. happiness and well-being and so we are uh adding on a youth summit and we're going to have it in a kind of an interactive metaverse space and young people can be heard on what their challenges are right now and then they get to join a team addressing one of three major design challenges the first is security security in their lives in their communities and their schools globally uh, young people don't feel safe globally, whether it's a, whatever challenging situation they find themselves, um, mm -hmm. but, you know, it's uh, not feeling safe in their school or their home that addressing mm -hmm. that uh, two is ocean is ocean and water uh, conservation mm -hmm. and three is gender gender equality and mm -hmm. reduced inequalities. Um, mm -hmm. And all of these are meant to address um and woven throughout uh, addressing mental health and emotional and uh, inspiring emotional well-being uh, in all. And at the end uh, of the hackathon, they'll be working, they can work with mentors. They're going to, whether you, for example, if you love making digital music and you wish that you could do something around ocean because you live near a beach, you could join the ocean uh, design challenge team and then you could join the media group who's designing the avatars and the music for that game. Mm -hmm. uh, and so your gifts could be applied in this design challenge in any way. You're actually forming almost a mini uh, company uh, for three days where you and a group of other young people around the world get to work with mentors and design something and then present it on the global stage uh, on August 20th uh, and be seen. And, um, we are, our goal is to really bring a wave of hope to mm -hmm. everyone who sees it or mm -hmm. who tells anyone about it and believes that we can do this and that we are more unified than we're divided. We just need to dream, dream up a different future that includes all of us that the kids will design so we can all imagine and help them build it. Uh, so the Youth Summit is the kickoff. 
to a series of global hackathons that we're going to have. And we're going to keep building this game through these hackathons throughout the next year or so. And however fast we can make it happen, great. But ultimately, it's going to be open source. So mm -hmm. uh, anyone anywhere can create their own game within the metaverse, too. Wonderful. That's splendid. Splendid. So if you are a youth, like, is, is there an age limit, like 8 to 28? Uh, 8. We have it as 8 to 28. Okay. So yeah. if you're 8 to 28, you are invited to join the Youth Summit this August. You will learn a lot and you get to connect with other youth creators around the world. And it's yes. about and time. Oh, yes. Wonderful. I'm sorry. If you're an adult who wants to be a part of it too, you can sign up to be a sponsor, a resource partner, a mentor, or volunteer. Uh, and uh, the website is island17.io slash youth summit. There's information there. You can submit your a form. You can uh, download and contact us there. And uh, we really welcome your support. Uh, and there's all different, there's other ways you can get involved with our DAO as well that you can apply from our homepage. It says, uh, get early access to the game and apply to join our DAO. Uh, there's a form there you can fill out if you'd like to explore joining us. Um, I'll just say that right now we're in this phase where we call uh, our Jedi Council is the DAO, our inside name for our DAO. A lot of us are very excited about Star Wars, Star Trek, and all the different sci-fi, Avatar, everything uh, we love. Uh, and um, it's very playful and fun. And it's something fun to do with your kids. And so joining our DAO is something really meaningful uh, to do together as a family. I, it, it really uh, keeps my family together uh, and many others who are involved. So uh, it's 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 a fun a journey it's an adventure so heidi if there's one key takeaway that you want our viewers to get from this conversation what is that that we have all of the ideas and all of the resources here on this planet to solve all of our problems and we just have to believe it Mm -hmm. And we get to ask the most creative, out-of-the-box people in the world how to dream it up and never forget mm -hmm. how valuable every single person's voice is. And mm -hmm. if you come across somebody who's angry or scared or sad, just mm -hmm. remind them that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. We are doing this together. There's amazing people everywhere, just like Jennifer and this incredible network. Reach out when you need help and take some kind of action that makes your own life and other people's better. It is the best antidote for feeling alone. And always think of kindness. Okay, thank you for that. Awesome, Heidi. Thank you for your insights. Thank you for your shares in today's episode. So how can our viewers continue the conversation with you? How can they follow you on social media and the work that you do aside from the Island 17 um, website? Oh, great. Yes. On all the channels is at uh, brand new social media channels. 
we need some help with marketing in our DAO. <laughs> uh, uh, we are, uh, that's one of the things we just got started with, but it's at Island17DAO, D-A-O, uh, on all channels. So we'd love to have as many followers as possible to build that up. And also we are Dream Tank, are the channels from Dream Tank that we had um, a, a more content from the past from. Um, mm -hmm. And through LinkedIn, I'm mm -hmm. at Heidi Kupari. Uh, strangely, there isn't another Heidi Kupari I found on LinkedIn. So there's only one. And you can send me a message there or mm -hmm. DM on any social channel uh, and Twitter um, at Heidi Cup, H-E-I-D-I-C-U-P. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Thank you so much, Heidi. So at this juncture, I would like to thank all the people who have been supporting Stories from the Fringe from the very start of this season up to this last episode. Uh, thank you, Melvin Phillips. Thank you, Teresita Linus Manalo, Celine Bautista Nuya, also Brazil uh, Ramirez. Thank you also to Rowana Ruperto and many others too many to mention so i'm sorry if i will not be able to name each and every one of you so thank you thank you so much also i'd like to thank um the executive producer and president of the new channel uh, miss apple manansala and uh also our director directors mavin sanchez director mix kabukit who is helping us with the logistics and the back end processes Thank you also to Sheen Garmel Garden, also Richard Emlano, Lance Yasuk, uh, Lance Reyes. Thank you so much for this wonderful season, season two of Stories from the Fringe. I'll see you next season. So, so stay tuned um, to that. Thank and you. And to our loyal viewers, thank you so much for always being with us every Thursday. And um, enjoy the rest of your day. Or evening depending where you are in the world god bless everyone